Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Condensed Histories. I'm Jem Daduchu, and what we do on Condensed Histories is we take a piece of pop culture and we condense the history in it, even if it might on the surface look like it has no history in it. So yes, while I've done something, let's say, obvious, like Last of the Mohicans, which is clearly already in a period setting, I've also done it on things like Monopoly the board game, or Warhammer. So yes, lots of weird and wonderful things, please. I hope you're enjoying these. Don't forget, as always, to click subscribe, give us a review on whatever podcast format you're listening on. And also, people are reaching out to me on Twitter. That's at Jem Daduchu. I'm sure there'll be a link underneath this one. Say hi. But I've had some wonderful comments saying, I like the occasional Warhammer one that you do. You know, that's really interesting to me because I'm into the hobby. So great. I'm sure I'll do some more. Or in the case of a few people, they've said, you were talking about so passionately his dark materials. I'm going to go and read them. And they really like those books, which is excellent news. And then with Big Trouble in Little China, a more recent podcast, somebody said, hey, after that, I've always not watched it, and now I've got to sit down and watch it. So there we go. I really hope that you enjoy the journey that I go with. And this time round, what we're talking about is the TV show and sort of book series called The Expanse. May I ask you something? You miss Earth? Now, if you're not aware of The Expanse, it's one of these shows which is a little bit of a victim of the streaming wars, which I occasionally mention. If, again, you go back to your childhood, there was quite a limited way to consume media, particularly TV. And when you were a kid, what that basically involved is you turned on a main channel. Oh, honey, he's teasing you. Nobody has two television sets. You might have been envious of some of friends who had cable TV. Okay, I want channels 18, 24, 63, 187, and weather channel. And they watched stuff that either took years to come onto your terrestrial TV or maybe never ever got there. But in the last 10 years, I'm going to say, with the rise of Netflix, but then there's Amazon Prime, then there's Disney Plus, then there's Apple TV. You know, there are these shows where sometimes they do break out. People do talk about them beyond the viewership. I'm thinking of perhaps the first big hit for 
Netflix was House of Cards, which has subsequently been rather tainted by the whole Kevin Spacey thing. But for a time, everybody, whether you had Netflix or not, was aware of House of Cards. And shortly after that, there was Orange is the New Black. So, yes, I mean, each one of these sort of spins out. Disney's had The Mandalorian and WandaVision, which I even did a whole podcast on. Listen to that one if you want to. Sometimes they go out, but there are lots of great shows that when you watch them, they're going, this, this is really good. I mean, we're definitely in a golden age of TV. The granddaddy of these sort of more adult dramas, which you know people swore and there was more violence, but also they didn't necessarily feel the need to keep you up to speed with the plot. Come on, pay attention, keep up, we've got a story to tell, was The Sopranos, which was out in the late 1990s and early 2000s. That's when I thought I was out. And if you go back to it, it's still very good, but you can see how beholden all these other shows are. So, yes, whereas, you know, you've probably heard of The Sopranos, maybe you've watched it, maybe you haven't. There's The Morning Show on Apple TV. It's excellent, but you probably haven't seen it. And with The Expanse, this is a TV show. It's a sci-fi show that's actually had two different homes. It's now on all on Amazon Prime because Amazon's now making the continuing stories from The Expanse. And indeed, I'm recording this at a time when they've announced there will be a sixth and final series of The Expanse. So I will tell you a little bit about it, but if you don't know The Expanse, I'm telling you right now, just go on the journey because, oh boy, what a journey it is. And, and I'm also going to give you fair warning, there will be minor spoilers. You probably won't even know what I'm alluding to if you haven't seen the show. If, however, you have seen the show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm going to leave certainly all the big overarching stuff off the table. No spoilers in regards to that. So, right, let's take you on a journey with this. About 10 years ago, perhaps a little bit longer, you have James S.A. Corey, and he wrote a series of books set in his own interpretation of science fiction. The first one is called Leviathan Wakes. And what those books were turned into is the show The Expanse. But they're not called like The Expanse Trilogy. I think there's actually nine of them, but it's not like The Expanse series. But because you've got to call the TV show something a bit like Game of Thrones. The first book is called Game of Thrones, but then it's the Dance of Fire and Ice and things like that. So each book obviously has to be called different things, but everybody knows it as the Game of Thrones series, for example. What I'm going to show you now, I'll, I'll just put it out there. The history stuff we're going to come up to, we are talking about, and I'm really hoping Greg gives a sort of like good sound effect to this, maybe either some backing or maybe gives me some reverb. I don't know. We're going to be talking about revolution. And we're also going to be talking a bit about spies too. So revolution and spies doesn't get better than that, does it? And what's involved with that in real history? And the great, great thing, the thing I love about The Expanse, which is both in the books by Corey, but also very much in the TV show too, is he pays attention to the ripple effects. You saw a bit of this in Game of Thrones. You had conversations, for example, about the Lannister saying, we're running out of money, we're fighting so many wars, this is expensive, which is very, very true and very, very real. It's really interesting when you look at history, how often there's the exciting battles that you know, a lot of people like in history, but around it all, there's, there's the logistics, there's the who's going to pay for it, there's the politics behind it all. And I, I, I think, can be 
equally interesting, but certainly what he does in these book slash TV show is when the heroes go off and do something, he thinks about, well, how's that going to affect if you like, the political ecosystem that I've already created. And it it has, sometimes it's passing comments, sometimes it turns into major plot points, but it's a way where it's real organic storytelling. It's really, really good. So I, I will set the scene. We're talking about a few centuries into the future. It is high science fiction in the, in the sense that there are spaceships involved in this, but there aren't any aliens. It, it's not like Star Wars. It's more like Battlestar Galactica's reboot. It's kind of gritty. For full disclosure, if you like, there's swearing in this, there's a tiny bit of nudity, but when people get shot, there's blood everywhere, okay? This this is a more mature science fiction. It, it is perhaps more in common with the serious dramas, like I mentioned, the likes of Sopranos, than it is Star Wars. And what's happened is, over the next few centuries, is Earth is the cradle of civilization. So Earth's got it made, but now Mars has also been inhabited. But Mars worked out pretty early on when it when it finally made a break. First of all, it was a colony of Earth and then it became its own independent planet. I was going to say country, but we're talking about planet here, of course. And what it's had to do is it's been promising its people it's going to be terraforming, it's going to be spending billions of credits on resurfacing the whole planet because it's obviously an inhospitable rock both now and then. But why it's had to put it on hold for about a hundred years is because they're so worried about an invasion from Earth that they've become a military power. And so they're a very militaristic organization. But the highest honor you could be as a Martian is to join the army, join the Navy, as in spaceship Navy. And indeed, that kind of links into the whole Roman thing that Mars was the god of war. And then there's a third group called the Belters. And these people have only ever, the thing about the Martians is obviously Mars has slightly less gravity than Earth, but they've been on a planet. They have, and I know this sounds weird, but it has, they have proper bone density. They know what a horizon is, just like the people on Earth. However, with the Belters, if you were born on a space station or a large asteroid in the asteroid belt. So between Mars and Jupiter, there's a big old asteroid belt, which people do think in the future will be able to mine for all kinds of minerals. And it's not like we're destroying the environment because there are a bunch of dead rocks right now. But if these people went out there in, in the equivalent of like a gold rush. And now the, there are whole bases there and whole sort of large asteroids that are being turned into inhabitable cities. And these belters, if you like, they have never been on a planet. They have weaker bone density. They make very good points in the TV show that if a belter was to ever come to Earth, they can absolutely do that, but their own body might not be able to take the g-force of entering Earth's gravity and then walking around. They've never walked around. And the TV show does a very good job of actually showing you zero G. There's the old joke in sci-fi movies and TV shows that no matter how much battle damage that ship has, nobody ever seems to hit the artificial gravity because it's really expensive to show. But in this TV show, they show what it's like to live in zero G and things like that. There are wonderful shots occasionally where you see somebody walking down a corridor and you see somebody sitting on the ceiling just eating lunch because in zero G, that's what you might well do. And they get away with it by numerous occasions they point out that their boots have little red lights on it and it tells you that they're magnetized they're walking along the metal floor and they even add the sound effects little clunky clunk noises very very cool very very clever 
and when people get sh shot in zero g they just hang there of course they're not going to collapse onto the ground so they just hang there which is really eerie and the sort of like the blood floats off because again no gravity which leads to very distinctive looking shootouts at times it is it isn't all about action so anyway as i said there's, there's the belters and they're the very much underdogs because mars and earth have the resources and they they're the ones who started off with a, like a navy as in a fleet of ships they're the ones who can basically push around the belters they are the poor the working class the undertrodden and we start off on this big station called ceres which is actually a major asteroid in the asteroid belt for real and there's a detective called miller he's on a missing persons case and that's how it all starts and yet, by the time you're into sort of like book four or five or series four or five, we are on an epic journey challenging the likes of stuff like Star Wars in terms of the, the scope and breadth and massive space battles. And it, it all kind of starts off with this, shall we say, you've all seen a missing persons case in a normal detective TV show, a normal police show, if you like. So it's really clever, a little bit, a bit like his Dark Materials. It starts very small. So you can get used to the characters and you can get used to the rules of this world. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. All the action for the record basically happens in our solar system. We, we haven't created hyperdrives yet. They've got the Epstein drive, which allows them to, to travel from planet to planet within hours rather than within weeks or, or years as it would happen nowadays. So the three groups are again, Earth, Mars, and the Belters, the Outers as they're sometimes referred to. And they're not necessarily having a good time of it. So what do I like about the show? I've already said it's like the little details that really count. There's some very good characterization and it just takes you on a journey where you do not know what's going to happen next. And what's really nice is everything has an implication. There are times where even with the truly bad guys, you can kind of see it from their point of view. Unlike a, you know, something like Star Wars, where evil's just evil and bad. And, you know, look, that's great in its own right. I'm not, not trying to over-knock Star Wars. But it, I think one of the problems with Star Wars is the very first one, the 1977, A New Hope. It was made for the whole family, okay? They didn't know that it was necessarily going to have a sequel. And it's just... White hats versus black hats, as in, as in good guy versus bad guy. And then because it was such a monster hit, more stuff was built around it. And fast forwarding 35 years, give or take, you are now at the point where, sorry, I still got to 45 years, I guess, give or take. No, I, I can't quite could do the maths in my head. It's been a while, is my point, that, you know, people have grown up with it, like me, and now people are trying to put more mature stories on something that was never really meant for that in the first place. Whereas The Expanse slash Leviathan Wakes very much sets out its stall at the beginning. This is not aimed at eight-year-olds uh, by any means of the imagination. So the whole world is realised, but the other thing that gets pretty much rave reviews from physicists is they get physics, not exactly right, right, like I said, they kind of made up this Epstein drive, but they show how space battles would actually work with modern-ish technology in the sense that a lot of it is, you know, there are no laser guns in this whatsoever. Basically, the two main weapons that a ship would have are missiles, because they're little rockets, They work, we know that they will work in space, fine, and mass machine guns, which would shoot out a rocket. And indeed, those sort of incredibly fast firing, they kind of look like Gatling guns, but uh, these mini guns, as they were, are 
are on modern battleships and cruisers and things like that to do what I've just described, knock out rockets and missiles that are being fired at that ship. So all of that would work. But the thing that really bugged me is in one series, there's quite a big war going on. And I kept seeing that there's all like little headlines going, you know, the fleet arrives. I'm going to keep things vague. Fleet arrives at Saturn. OK, but you would see the ship going towards Saturn, but its booster was also in the direction of Saturn. In other words, it looked like the ship should be flying away from Saturn. And I ended up having to go onto the Internet and go, you know, is, is this a digital mistake, which seems really weird? The attention to detail is really good. But, but why is the ship clearly the wrong way round and boosting in basically the wrong direction? And they made the very valid point that, of course, in a vacuum, there's no inertia. So in other words, if you are traveling 100 miles an hour in, a, in any direction in a vacuum, you're going to keep going in that direction 100 miles an hour until you hit something, basically. And in space, there isn't a lot of stuff. So what will need to happen is as you approach your destination, you'll have to flip the ship around and use those thrusters to slow you down. And it's this level of attention to make a science fiction show come across as, in inverted commas, real, that really has blown my mind on this show, as well as the writing characterization and the overall story they're telling. But let's get into some history. So as I said earlier, there's these three vying human powers in the solar system, and it's very much drawn on real history. For example, let's take Mars. We, we don't see Mars breaking away from Earth. That's happened generations earlier, but it's happened for sure. So let's think about that for a moment. What would be an equivalent of that? Something like the American Revolution. And what it shows you is just like with the American Revolution, there's the story, there's the myth of the foundation, and then there's the reality. Because almost every country that has its independence basically has the narrative that everything happened before independence was bad and everything that happened after independence is good. And of course, nothing ever works that way. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, I'm not saying that empires are a good thing or anything like that, but let's take America, for example. Every red-blooded American out there, and I do know the majority of the listeners on this podcast are American, is you know 1776 is the year of independence. Today, we celebrate our independence day. And kind of isn't it kind of isn't it actually the more you look at the year 1776 it's almost meaningless what do i mean by that well the fighting had already started in 1775 so let's say the the war of independence starts in 1775 the last major battles are in the very early 1780s so in 1776 just shouting we're independent didn't change anything you know you were still going to have to spend half a decade fighting and indeed Peace wasn't declared until 1783, at which point you have Britain admitting that America is its own independent state and they're going to relinquish their claim to the original colonies in America. Okay, with that in mind, if we start in the early 1780s then, 1783, if you then look at the next 30 years, roughly a generation, what was it like living in America? And the answer was not great to be honest. You obviously eventually have the creation of, first of all, everybody has to get together and work out how, how do we run a country? The musical Hamilton does a good job of showing the, the problems about this. And, you know, as they point out, Hamilton, you know, the first guy who's in charge of the treasury has a sex scandal. So, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to see that human nature is in no way changed because those still happen today and they happened before then. Just becoming independent didn't mean that Hamilton couldn't have an affair, okay? So so there we go. Uh, look, Hamilton, great man in many ways, but the great thing about the musicals, it does show you he's a flawed human being because everybody is a flawed human being. They're, they're just a no good guys out there. Sorry, sorry to break that to you. You hope that there's more good than bad in people. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, okay, yeah, that's very flippant. You know, there's a bit of a sex scandal there. But early on in the time of the first president, George Washington, there's the Whiskey Rebellion, because there's a, a literal uprising against whiskey taxes. It's, again, mentioned in passing in Hamilton. So you've got a new revolution, a new rebellion going on against the brand new government. And then, you know, if we are going to go over a total of 30 years, by 1811, 
America's at war with Britain again, only with the so-called War of 1812, and I've already sort of touched on this in the, the National Anthem episode. The thing about the War of 1812 is it didn't go well for America, and it would have gone a lot worse for America had Britain not been distracted by this guy called Napoleon in Europe. So over the course of 30 years, you've got... I mean, the, the War of 1812 was a defeat, okay? There's just no other way about it. You're probably aware that's when the White House got sacked and, and all that kind of stuff. There are a number of economic depressions. You've got scandals in the government. You've got rebellions, armed rebellions. People died in the whiskey tax re revolt. And there's also the, the phony war with France because uh, America started refusing to pay their bills because France had had a revolution. So they were sort of fighting in the Atlantic amongst American trader ships and, and the French Navy. This wasn't Nirvana. Now, maybe your argument is give me liberty or give me death, but it is an example. And again, what we see, and, I, and this is the very minor spoiler, there's, there's a big speech, I'm going to say, in season five, and so far there are only five seasons at time of recording of this, of The Expanse, where there is one of these belter types, one of these people who lives out on the edges, who says, oh, you know, you inners, i.e. Mars and Earth, oh, you've done so many terrible things, this allows us to sort of break away and sort of do terrible things to you. And that's the key thing I want to talk about, because whenever you get a revolution, you have to have a grievance. If everybody sees it as, eh, it's okay, it's fine, that's not enough for people to start getting angry in the streets and trying to overthrow an actual government. And so what you see in this speech, and I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I'm going to say this, you have seen the equivalent of those speeches. And I would say that the people who created that scene for the TV show has been paying attention to some of these Islamic fundamentalist speeches on, on various social media and things like that. Right down to the fact that there's a flapping flag in the background, black flag with white writing on it, quite ISIS in that situation. But here's the thing. We could be talking about Russia in the late 19th, early 20th century. We could be talking about Islamic groups in the late 20th and early 21st century. But throughout history, there's been this, I'm going to change things. And because we have been put down, that justifies anything in retaliation which absolutely is not the case. So giving you a couple of examples for a moment, let's look at Russia. So most people are aware that the Russian Revolution happened in 1917 in the middle of World War I. And they've overthrown Nicholas II, who used to be bizarre. <laughs> who used to be the Tsar, <laughs> 10 points to you. You get another five bonus points if you know that Lenin had to arrive on the sealed train. They were allowed through via the German powers to get to Finland station, then get into the Russian Empire. Again, five points to you. But what that, if you pause for a moment, you may not know the earlier story, but what that shows you is Lenin, a Russian dude who was quite the firebrand about things like communism, he wasn't in the country. Why not? Because he'd been kicked out. The very late czarist era, so again, like late 19th century, early 20th century, there wasn't just one revolution undone. There were multiple attempts at revolution. It was a dangerous place to be. And there could be no doubt that the Romanov dynasty that had been around for about 300 years, they'd recently celebrated 300 years of ruling Russia, that they were by then not in a fit state. 
If you compare them to the other powers of Europe, they were behind in terms of industry, in terms of economy, in terms of social class and justification. It wasn't that long ago from the point of view of like, let's say the year 1900, it wasn't that long ago that the serfs were finally unlinked to the land, you know, which is something that was downright medieval. So there were lots of problems, you know, should there be change? Absolutely. But did that justify a revolution where the Tsarist family, including the children, were put up against a wall and shot? No. It then led to a massive civil war between opposing forces. Most people know about the Reds and the Whites, the Reds backing Lenin and the Communists, and the Whites backing the old regime, Tsarist regime. But there were at least four sides in all of this. There were the Greens, which were huge amounts. And I'm, t I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of, of peasants rising up against those other two forces because it didn't matter whether they were red or white. They're marching through our area and picking up all our crops and we're going to starve to death. So they rose up against all invading forces. And then there were the blacks as well, these anarchists. They tended to be more centralized in cities and were kind of famous for mounting heavy machine guns on the back of horse carts. So it just basically from about 1917 to about 1921-22, Russia was just in an anarchy. The, it's estimated that around about 6 million people died in Russia over this time. Is that worth getting trains? I don't know. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hard to say. But I mean, the numbers are similar to the Holocaust. And yet this was Russian killing Russian, basically. It was a terrible time. And then ultimately what happened? You now get the Soviet Union and you get communist rule. Now, I'm not here to tell you whether communism or capitalism is better, okay? I think it's safe to say if you go too far on the dial either way, you end up with unbridled commercialism, has its, has its own serious problems, but totalitarian communism, well, you get someone like Joseph Stalin, and he isn't very good for your population either. So, yeah, you're probably looking for a little bit of both, is what I'm going to say ultimately. However, it did mean the Soviet Union may have lasted... 70-odd years, it may have put the first man into space, it may have been the biggest army fighting against the Nazis and the Wehrmacht in World War II, all of these things are true, but again, the loss of life, the slowing down of economics, why did it collapse in the 1990s? Because it was way behind the West. The system didn't work on that scale. I'm not going to go into too much about this, but it meant that, so they replaced one system with another system and the new system really wasn't much better than the original system, showing you that these revolutions are quite often deeply flawed. And then we come to, I, said, I mentioned earlier, Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden is an example of, again, the difference between reality and what I would like, okay? And what I find interesting about Edward Snowden, if you don't remember him, he was about nearly 10 years ago, he was the guy, he was working as a contractor for the American intelligence services. He ended up downloading gigabytes of information on, on various sticks and things like that, and got it out the country and then started showing basically all of America's dirty laundry. And what I wanna be quite clear about this is Edward Snowden did the world a service by showing that America was just as dirty as many other countries in the world. It didn't exactly have a moral high ground to begin with, but it did highlight a number of things that would never have come seen the light of day without Edward Snowden. However, 
To call himself a whistleblower is a little bit disingenuous because whistleblowers generally, they're worried about one thing and they want to tell everybody about this one thing. Snowden grabbed everything he could, which was a lot, and then just put it all out there, which is not the quite, quite the same thing. And it turns out governments kill people. Governments you know, have their own interests at heart. Who, who would have known that? You know, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, well, this isn't surprising and it is surprising all at the same time. However, again, a little bit like the American Revolution, a little bit like the Russian Revolution. Edward Snowden was complaining about his government breaking various international laws, and he was right. But where did he go immediately afterwards? He went to Hong Kong, presumably to try and get sanctuary from China. That didn't work, and he ended up having to go to Russia, where he is to this day. And if you want to turn around and say he did everybody a service, great. But China and Russia have terrible human rights records. Not from World War II, from like now. You know, Russia poisoning people, carrying out sanctioned assassination, mass corruption, voter suppression. Currently, the biggest uh, political opponent to Putin is in prison for breaching bail because he'd been poisoned and had to be taken out of the country to be given life-saving surgery in Germany, for heaven's sakes, okay? So, yeah, I'm sorry, but if you're saying that America's bad, America hasn't done anything that bad. And same thing with China, with the Uyghurs and the genocides, or at least the, the mass internments of, of the, this huge population that it doesn't look Han Chinese, is Muslim, and therefore not atheistic communist, and there's basically ethnic cleansing going on in the west of China, and amongst many other problems that China has. But look, I'm, I'm not giving America a get-out-of-jail-free card, but I'm just saying if you're going to say they're terrible, then you're not speaking up out against your current hosts, are you? I get that you need sanctuary, but I guess if, if you were really all in it to let the world know, and you, you know, you're above all of this, then maybe you should have just taken the prison term in America. That's what I'm saying about Edward. So it does show you that every country is morally compromised. Every country has its problems. I'm not turning around and saying one particular way of doing it is best. But I then want to come to and sort of finish things off with the sort of the Islamic fundamentalists. I'm talking Al-Qaeda, I'm talking ISIS. You know, there are, there are a whole bunch of splinter groups at the moment. And what you hear again and again is how terribly the Western powers behaved in the Middle East. That's true. Europe and America have done terrible things in the Middle East. And we can start having a conversation, if you really want to, about the Israeli-Palestinian situation. And Israel does get billions of funds and military equipment from America. However, you've got a lot of countries in the Middle East, the Arab countries, actually starting to finally reach out to Israel because the reality is Israel's not going anywhere. You can be as angry as you want, but the, the chance to push back the Israeli settlements, etc., etc., was 50, 60 years ago. It's passed. It's a country. It's a very well-armed country. There's been multiple wars against it. They've all failed. So rather than expending all that effort, maybe try and be nice to them. And if you can all be friends, you might make more money. This is United Arab Emirates, where Dubai is the most famous bit of United Arab Emirates there. And also even Saudi Arabia which is the host of the most holy sites in all of Islam. So it does show you that there is this pragmatism that can happen there too. But you get these firebrand priests saying, because something bad happened to our people, maybe it was 100 years ago, maybe it was 50 years ago, but it wasn't last week, that allows us to, well, 
fly planes into the World Trade Center and kill 2,000 people. No, no, it doesn't. Maybe sit down and have a conversation. If you like, this is angry history writ large into politics. I deal with people on my social media quite regularly where they get really upset at me. How dare you say this? Oh, you know, oh, you're so biased, etc. It's like, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased. I'm just telling you a story. And maybe this story is a little bit uncomfortable for you. But I don't understand why you're going to get super angry about something that happened 500 years ago. Because do you know what? No matter how angry you get, it still happened. And do you know what the, the, the descendants of those people who might have done a terrible thing to you? Well, they might just be working in a coffee shop. Or they might be a geography teacher. They're not out for blood. It doesn't justify you to kill them. But this is an excuse. This is a standard method of operation for any kind of revolution. You need to pick an enemy, an outsider, that can galvanize everybody inside and say, look, yeah, we've all got our little bits of differences, but look, come on, we're all brothers in terms of X, whatever it may be. Might be religion, might be shared history, might be shared language, etc. Hey, we're all in it together. Why don't we now push out those guys over there? They're other. Okay, they're bad. They're terrible. They're almost subhuman. Again, this sort of like this idea that they're dirty or unfaithful or an enemy race. You know, you can put racism, nationalism, and all this other stuff, xenophobia in there too. All of that is very, very good for stirring the pot when it comes to revolution. And with a bit of hindsight, when you compare some of these other bloody messes, and let's face it, Syria, it's, there is still a war going on in Syria as I'm recording and has done for nearly 10 years. You've got this stuff that's just boiling every, uh, over everywhere. And now let's go all the way back to the American Revolution. With all that in mind, maybe it wasn't as bad or as violent compared to some of these other things that happened in the world? Or maybe it puts the whole thing into a slightly different perspective. I don't know. Anyway, that's my thoughts of The Expanse. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you haven't seen the show, it should all be free on Amazon Prime. I presume in, in every territory it's all, it's all going to be there, series one through five. I'd love to know if this convinced you to give it a go. And I'd love to know your thoughts as a whole. I've been Jem, and as always, hopefully see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 